to the Very Well Mind podcast. We've interviewed over 100 authors, experts, entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, and others to help you learn strategies to care for your mental health. This episode is hosted by psychotherapist and best-selling author Amy Morin. Now let's get into the episode. You're listening to the Friday Picks. Every Friday, I share a quick mental strength strategy that can help fix the thoughts, feelings, and actions that can hold you back in life. As a therapist, I've treated many people who wanted to know why they allow other people to mistreat them. Sometimes that question comes from someone who's entered into a romantic relationship that they know is unhealthy. They recognize that the other person is disrespectful, and they know they wouldn't want someone else to be treated that way, but they stay in the relationship and aren't sure why. At other times, it's a question from someone who says they get mistreated at work by a boss or a coworker, and they don't do anything about it because they aren't sure what to do, or they're just afraid of what might happen if they tried to stand up for themselves. But it's likely that almost all of us have found ourselves in a situation like this at one time or another, where we allowed somebody to treat us poorly. And maybe you're someone who's allowed it to happen over and over again. If you allow someone to mistreat you, Understanding why you do it can be the first step to creating positive change, if you in fact decide that you do want to do things differently. When I'm done explaining the top seven reasons why I see people allow themselves to be mistreated, I'll explain about some of the steps you can take to address the situation. And just to be clear, I'm not talking about domestic violence when I talk about ideas for how to respond to mistreatment. If you're in a situation that involves domestic violence, contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline to get help. Here are seven reasons why you might be willing to spend time with people who treat you poorly. Number one, you think you're strong enough to tolerate mistreatment. It's easy sometimes to convince yourself that someone else is fragile and you're strong. You might tell yourself that you can handle their mistreatment because it really doesn't bother you that much and speaking up or addressing their behavior might upset them. So you might think you're better equipped to tolerate their mistreatment than they are to handle any boundaries that you might set. You might also worry about what would happen to the other person if you stopped allowing yourself to be mistreated. I've had a lot of people come into my therapy office saying that they allow themselves to be treated badly because they know no one else would put up with someone else's behavior and they don't want the other person to be all alone. Number two, you see that person's potential. It's frustrating when you see someone who doesn't live up to their potential. You know that they could do a lot better and they could accomplish so much if they really wanted to. So you might stay focused on how smart, talented, or skilled they are in hopes that someday they'll get the motivation and energy and drive to change. Until then, you might decide it's okay to allow them to take out their frustrations on you. You might convince yourself to tolerate their mistreatment because they're likely going to get better and you're looking forward to see what they're going to be like down the road. Number three. You think you can help the other person change. Sometimes people believe that unconditional love will make someone change. You might think that you have the knowledge, the patience, the compassion, and the time to support the other person in changing. But unconditional love isn't about tolerating abuse. Instead, it might involve setting limits with someone so you can help them regulate their emotions. But you might convince yourself that without you, the other person won't ever change. 
So you buckle up for a wild ride and tell yourself that with your support and your willingness to tolerate their mistreatment, things will get better. Number four, you focus on the good and excuse the bad. If things were bad all the time, it'd be easy to cut the person out of your life, but there are likely good times too. Sometimes the desire to see the best in somebody can cause you to focus solely on the positive and to minimize the negative. And when it comes to thinking about mistreatment, you might make excuses for their behavior. It can't possibly be that the other person is actually mean or disrespectful or uncaring, right? Whether you're convinced that your colleague had a really rough childhood or you think your partner's behavior stems from a high-stress job, excuses allow mistreatment to continue. You might excuse their behavior by saying things like, they don't really mean what they say. They just have a bad temper. Or they're not being rude. They're just going through a hard time. Number five, it feels familiar. If you were raised in a chaotic home and your caregivers were kind sometimes, but abusive or mean at others, you might think that's a normal part of love. The tumultuous ups and downs might feel familiar. You might assume that this is what love is supposed to feel like. I was a foster parent for several years, and the kids who lived with me all had horror stories about why they couldn't live with their birth parents. Might be neglect, physical abuse, sexual abuse, domestic violence, substance abuse issues, all of those sorts of things combined sometimes. But every single child who came into my house would have gone back to their parents if they could have. Despite the mistreatment, they felt that they were loved by their caregivers, at least in some way. And they all believed that love was supposed to hurt sometimes. Some of them blamed themselves for what happened. They thought that they must have been bad in order for their parents to abuse them. Others didn't know they were abused. They thought all kids were treated like that since parents are supposed to love their kids. That's what love must be like. The kids who were eventually adopted into other families might be able to relearn what healthy relationships look like. The kids who returned to their parents after their parents got help might also relearn what loving relationships look like. But the point is, we often associate love with how we were treated when we were young. And if your parents struggled to show you healthy love, you might feel uncomfortable if you're in a situation where somebody's kind to you. In fact, you might find that you just kind of recreate the situations that you grew up with because mistreatment feels familiar. Number six, people who mistreat you confirm your beliefs about yourself. There's research that shows a strange thing happens when you believe you aren't good enough or when you believe you aren't lovable. You'll likely surround yourself with people who confirm those beliefs. So you might actually become friends with people who put you down. And you might be more likely to date someone who treats you poorly. If you have a deep-rooted belief that you're a loser or that you're unworthy, you'll surround yourself with people that confirm those conclusions. Research also shows that when you feel bad about yourself, you won't want to risk rejection. So rather than talk to people about how you're feeling, you'll be more likely to complain or sulk or act out your feelings. And those behaviors can lead to more mistreatment, which reinforces your beliefs that you don't deserve to be treated well. It's a vicious cycle that's hard to break. When you're treated poorly, you'll feel worse about yourself. And the worse you feel, the less likely you are to believe that you deserve to be treated better. And number seven, you're afraid of the consequences of setting boundaries. Maybe you're afraid if you set boundaries with someone, they'll leave, and then you'd feel lonely. Or maybe you're afraid they'll get mad and they have a bad temper, and maybe they even become unsafe. 
You might find yourself daydreaming about what life could be like if you ended the relationship or stood up for yourself. But you might have come to the conclusion that the consequences might be even worse than just tolerating it. So those are seven reasons why you might allow yourself to be mistreated. You think you're strong enough to handle the mistreatment. You're looking at the other person's potential. You think only you can help the person change. You focus on the good and excuse the bad. Mistreatment feels familiar. And you're afraid of the consequences of setting boundaries. Okay, now let's talk about what do you do next? The first step to creating change is to recognize that you deserve to be treated with respect. If you don't feel like you're deserving of kindness, it might be a good idea to talk to someone. If you can't see a mental health professional, maybe you can find somebody else you can talk to. You might open up to someone like your doctor, a friend, a family member, or find an online group. You don't necessarily have to cut someone out of your life altogether because they mistreat you. Instead, you might start by establishing healthy boundaries for yourself. That might mean ending conversation when somebody gets rude. Or it might mean speaking up and telling someone that you don't appreciate their behavior. You also might find it's helpful to write a kind letter to yourself. To hear more about that strategy, go back and listen to episode 82. Treating yourself with kindness and self-compassion can go a long way toward expecting other people to treat you with respect. And to hear more about how to set healthy boundaries, listen to episode 54 with therapist Nedra Glover-Tawab. She offers some really good tips for creating boundaries in your life. So if you let someone mistreat you, spend a little time thinking about why you allow it to happen, and then consider whether you want to create a plan to ensure that other people treat you with respect. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcast.